Welcome once again to Inside the Circle, your Game Time CT softball podcast, and we have reached the we have reached the postseason. It came fast as we thought it would. We have reached the postseason. We got past the conference championships. A lot of interesting things going on there. But the state tournament starts as we're recording this today. We're we're doing this on Tuesday morning, June first. Where it's a whole new season. Lots of uh, as a state championship hopefuls out there and. We're excited to get this thing started. We're going to do a little bit of predictions with uh, Will Aldum, who joins us here. I am, of course, your host, Sean Patrick Bowley. Welcome, everybody, and uh, thanks for joining us. I know time has been short. It's been a long weekend, but a short weekend as we jump into the the first softball state tournaments since 2019. Two years it's been since we had this. We're excited to get started, and we're excited to uh, take a look at what's what to look at for the rest of the this postseason. Will, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Great weekend for softball, huh? Yeah, looking forward to uh, getting into the state tournament for the first time in a long time. Absolutely. So, I mean, you let's start off at the top. You know, you heard a little bit from Kat Gallant to start the show. Uh, the uh, the SWC Championship rematch between Massac and Notre Dame uh, Fairfield. It was a lot tighter this time. Notre Dame Fairfield takes the lead. Massey has to claw back. And of all things, they have to win on a – they walked off on a walk, basically. Just uh, just kind of an anticlimactic way to end the the, uh, the SWC championship. But Massey, the number one team, remains unbeaten. And Notre Dame, you know, sitting there wondering what might have been. But what a great, what a great game, uh, Will. Tell us a little about it. Yeah, really great game, and you kind of saw it coming. You know, Notre Dame has now two losses on the season, both two-to-one games to Massick. So that's that's kind of tough, you know, for them. Really uh, has hindered their positioning on the pole and whatnot, but they really are a good team to only lose by one run to that uh, to Massick twice. Uh, you know, you got Julie Tarkstali over there as a freshman pitching her way to the championship and just, you know, a little bit falling apart at the end, but that kind of comes with nerves and we'll expect to see her bounce back in the state tournament with some experience under her belt. But yeah, Massick remaining undefeated, Kat Gallant just shoving through everybody. I don't expect that to change in the state tournament. Yeah. So Gallant gets hit with the, uh, hit with the pitch to, to bring home the winning run in that game. And, uh, you know, what was the scene like there? I mean, it looked like you watched the video on Game Time. See this. I mean, it was almost like she hit a home run. <laughs> they were they were fired up after that, but they still it's got a whole, it's a tough way. Yeah, a bit of a war of attrition in that game. And actually, the pitch before she got hit, she did rip one down the third baseline. That was questionably fair or foul. Would have been a nice RBI single, a little more uh, fashionable way to win. But uh, the next pitch didn't matter. Yeah, no, absolutely a tough loss for. Coach Bavino and, and his girls, but uh, listen, they've been great all season, and uh, they're going to uh, obviously make some noise in the uh, in the state terms. I mean, Notre Dame two years ago was the fourth seed in the Class M tournament, 
and they got beat by Seymour in the semifinals. They're looking to take home that state championship. Uh, you know, looking over at the uh, other league finals, you know, Cheshire had to rally back to beat Amity, but uh, yeah, I think they've proven themselves as the best team in the SEC all season. Um, but they did lose down the stretch of the of the year, and uh, but at least they got that out of the way, huh, Will? Yeah, well, Amity's actually kind of had their number, so that 5-4 game in the SEC championship was a good one. Um, of all the other teams, though, Cheshire seemed to handle East Haven, which had a first-round exit in the SEC tournament and actually got knocked off of our top-10 poll because of it. But, yeah, Cheshire is definitely the SEC uh, champion, kind of undisputed throughout. And uh, the big one for me of all the championships was Ludlow overcoming St. Joe's. Yeah, uh, I was going to get to that. <laughs> Go ahead, though. Yeah, well, Ludlow, listen, like, listen. We we thought that was that was a great game the first time around. We thought Ludlow won another crack at him, and they they got another crack at him. Just an amazing performance there. Ludlow winning its first FCAC championship over you know unbeaten St. Joseph. You know, you know what a scene that it was there at Sacred Heart. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about that one. I you know. It, Seeing that game coming up on the schedule, you just had a feeling if you've seen Saint, or if you've seen Ludlow play, you got a feeling that if they see the same pitcher twice, they're not going to get beaten twice. That lineup is relentless, and it really showed tagging Lazikowski for six runs in the final, avenging its only loss of the season. Uh, when it scored the first earned run, Lazikowski had allowed all season on a solo shot by Elena O. So kind of came back full circle. And I, I think Ludlow is now our number two team in the poll. And I think it's very deserving. Yeah. There's certainly a, a team to watch in that class double L tournament. You know, we've been kind of, after they lost to St. Joseph the first time we were kind of, we haven't really talked a whole heck of a lot about them as being a big contender in class double L. I mean, you, you look at your Southingtons and your Cheshire's and things like that, but Ludlow right there. I mean, <laughs> they're right there in class double L. We'll get to that in a second, but, uh, you know, overall, just a you know great uh, you know great a great weekend of the uh, conference tournament games. They got them all in before the rain. You know, we're looking over at the quickly at the Shoreline tournament. North Brantford pretty much smoked their way through that one. They beat Coggenshaw one nothing in the semifinals, and then beat Old Line five uh, nothing as as expected. They win another Shoreline championship. But the the other one was the NBL. I mean, we can't you know we we can't move on without talking about that NBL championship, and that was. That looked like a tremendous game. Woodland winning its first title since 2010. You were there up at Naugatuck. Tell us a little about how that came about. Hands down, the best game I've been to all year. And I'm not going to say it. I've seen Woodland twice. I think they're my favorite team to watch. They've walked it off <laughs> twice. It's actually been Kylie Belinsky walking it off both games I've been to. They win a lot of close games, but they win them all. So that really says something to me. Undefeated, number seven, holding number seven in our poll. I think they're uh, underrated by the voters. I personally had them five above Cheshire and Waterford. This team has two very good pitchers in Riley Kane and even stronger, I think, in Sam Sosnovich. Even though I've seen Kane start twice, I've seen Sosnovich uh, come into relief twice, two innings, six Ks. She throws as hard as anybody. Uh, I expect Woodland to win Class M. Yeah. Uh, the thing that strikes me about Willard, I've only seen them on live streams, but, and following them a little bit on Twitter, but the thing about them is that when they need a hit, man, they get it. They, they need a rally. They get it. The kids show up, they, they step up to the challenge and they, they get it done. Yeah. They get it done. And if, if they, uh, if they aren't getting it done, it's long enough to get Belinsky up again. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, but she's a, she's a slugger and you know, first team all state or by by anybody's account. I mean, she's had a tremendous season. I mean, they win that to win the NBL uh, by not losing uh, against that group. And we again, we you talk about the Seymours, you talk about the Oxfords, and you know, you had Noggy, you had Holy Cross. I mean, there are a lot of teams in that, and Woolkit. Let's not forget them. Um, so now they got to do it kind of all over again. We're going to get to class M in a second, but let's kind of break down this state championship. Why don't we start at the bottom and work our way up? How's that sound? Sure thing. Okay. We'll start with class S. The top seed in class S is number one, Notre Dame Fairfield. They, along with the other top eight seeds, have a bye into the second round, which actually starts Wednesday. The first round starts Tuesday in Notre Dame's region. You have number 16, Capital Prep, hosting Civic Leadership. Number nine, Old Lime, facing Vinyl Tech at 24. In the Coggenshog region, Coggenshog is your number four seed. They have a bye. They will face the winner of Holy Cross and Wheeler on Wednesday. And at the bottom, number five, Thomaston, they have a bye. They will face the winner of Lima Memorial and East Granby. Looking over at the bottom bracket, Number two, Summers, they have a bye into the second round. They will face the winner of Wyndham Tech University. Number seven, Coventry, they have a bye. They will face the winner of Stafford and Hale Ray. And looking over at Parrish Hill region, Parrish Hill all the way up there in the quiet corner. They're the number three seed. They will face the winner of Ansonia versus MLC, the Metro Learning Center in Hartford. And number six, Immaculate, they have a bye. They will face the winner of Chapog and Ellis Tech. Looking at that, Will, the Class S tournament bracket, I don't see anybody in there. Maybe Coggenshog, maybe a Thomaston, but maybe an Immaculate. But does anybody have what it takes to beat Notre Dame Fairfield? I think the only team that has a chance is Coggenshog, and that would be a semifinal matchup. And even then, I still just don't see Judy, <laughs> who apparently is now becoming recognizable on a first name basis over there at Notre Dame Fayfield. Uh, with Judy over there, Judy Tarkzali and Max Stone Fulmar at, you know, at bat, I just don't see them losing Class S. They are a well-oiled machine. They've lost twice, both one-run games to Massey again. Uh, that's the top team in the state. And if they hadn't lost those two games, they'd be in the conversation for top team in the state. So yeah. I, I think Class S is theirs. Yeah, I mean, it's tough having these Catholic schools in the in the Class S bracket. You know, that's a whole other thing we've screamed about it for years. You know, a team like Notre Dame and team like teams like Immaculate probably shouldn't be, you know, t- where where their schools of choice. They probably shouldn't be in a Class S softball tournament. Um, I don't want to get too bogged down into that. They should probably be an L, the small ones at least. But hey, what are you gonna do? Um, except uh, petition your uh, your CIAC softball committee members in the CIAC that they probably should change it. It's like any other sport. It's kind of tough, but that's not the fault of Notre Dame, Fairfield, or uh, or Immaculate. Uh, it, it, they just stick out like sore thumbs here. But winning a title, when they get to the later round, I think it happens. And we'll see just how easy it is, if at all. Like you said, Coggenshaw, interesting matchup there, potentially in the semifinals. Moving over to Class M. Now, I call this the NBL Invitational, but it's not quite, because you have North Brantford sitting there at number five, and you have teams like Granby, which uh, has only lost once this season, but uh, a lot of NBL teams, a few Shoreline teams, and you have Griswold sitting out there at number nine, 
You have number eight, Wilkett, Stonington, Northwestern, a lot of teams here. So let's just quickly look at, look down in the class M bracket. Only the top five seeds get buys into the second round. Woodland, let's go over to the Woodland region. Woodland has a buy. They will face the winner of Nonawag versus Abbott Tech. Yeah, at the bottom there, you have number eight, Wilkett, facing number 25, Stonington, which actually knocked off Waterford uh, a couple weeks ago. They're, they're a team to kind of watch uh, a little bit there uh, when they face Wilkett. They're the number 25 seed. The winner of that game will play the winner of number nine, Griswold, and number 24, Sheehan. A really interesting game there with the SEC team facing the ECC team, the, the higher seeded ECC team. Um, moving over to HK's side of this bracket, the Cougars get a bye into the second round. They will face the winner of number 13, Law, versus Lewis, number 20, Lewis Mills. Now, Law, a team that has been really good in the SEC all year. Um, they have a few good wins under their belt. That's a tough, that's going to be a tough battle for uh, Lewis Mills. And if Law does indeed advance, it's going to be tough for HK. Moving across to the bottom half of the bracket, you have Number five, North Brantford, they get a bye. They will face the winner of Canter Tech versus Goodwin Tech. Going down to the bottom half of the bracket, you have number two, O'Brien Tech, which is undefeated and won easily their CTC softball championship last week. They will face the winner of Ellington Wyndham in the second round. In the other side of it, you have number seven, Northwestern versus number 26, Prince. They will face the winner of Seymour versus Montville, another interesting ECC versus NVL matchup. Number 10, Seymour versus number 23, Montville, will face the winner of number seven, Northwestern, and number 26, Prince. So that's an interesting Seymour. Listen, a really top team. They're always in contention. That's going to be a tough, that's a tough draw for Montville. And if you even look down a little bit, a tough draw for Northwestern and or Prince, probably Northwestern. Moving over to Granby's region. Granby gets a buy into the second round. They will face the winner of Platte Tech, the number 14 seed in Rocky Hill. And at the bottom there, you have number six, Norwich Tech, facing a 27 seed Weston, which is, uh, that's a tough draw for Norwich Tech. Even though they are the highest seed because Weston plays in the SWC, and that is no joke. And finally, you have number 11, Oxford, versus number 22, Watertown, in an NVL-only first-round game. Oxford beat Watertown in the first game of the season this year, and uh, Watertown looking for a little revenge. I could see that going either way, but I would like to, uh, I, would, I would think Oxford would be the one to take that one. So that is the Class M bracket. Obviously, you like Woodland a lot, Will, and it's, it's going to be hard for you to, to pick against them at this point since you already kind of cast your lot for them. But is there anybody else? North Brantford, HK, Law, Griswold, Sheehan, anybody in that can derail Woodland on its way to the state final where they haven't won a state championship in school history yet? I think it's certainly possible. And I do believe that upper half of the bracket uh, posts significantly more challenges for Woodland to overcome. You got Walkett, Griswold. I mean, Sheehan could be against Griswold. Uh, I'd like that we could potentially get another North Brantford HK quarterfinal if you follow yeah. the shoreline at all. They beat each other in the regular season. Highly competitive conference. And then, you know, that's if HK can beat Law. You know, it's it's going to that entire half of the bracket is going to be a bloodbath. And it's not going to be easy for anyone, you know, to get through. And let's say Woodland does, then they might have to face Seymour again or they might have to face Oxford again. It's It's just a lot of familiarity, which can create a lot of opportunity.
it certainly looks like the top half of the bracket is really weighted. Uh, a lot of the best teams seem to be in the top half of the bracket. So you, then you look down in the, the, the lower half, not not as much. And I'm looking at Seymour sitting there. And if I'm the Wildcats, I like my chances to at least get to the semifinals. Oh, yeah. uh, I know they have a few other games there, but I, I, I would like, I think Seymour is the odds on favorite at the number 10 seed to get to the semifinals at least. And then it's just a matter of who they play. Will they play Granby? Will they play Oxford? Will they play Weston? There's a lot of possibilities there, but you know when you, when you look at it, it kind of looks like the Wildcats could be going to the final. Yeah, I mean that that Seymour Oxford semifinal game would be an absolute blast. Who do you like for the champion? Woodland, no doubt. Okay, well there you go. Moving over to Class L. Now we've talked about Class L all year long, being probably the toughest one. Although I don't know now. I'm looking at class double L and it looks like it's a, it's a top uh, competition between these top two brackets, but you have the game time CT number one, Massick sitting there. You have number four Waterford, you have number two St. Joseph, you have number five East, East Haven. You have, you know, it's loaded. And then let's not forget Berlin sitting there too at number three. It's this bracket is stacked. Well, Oh yeah. Uh, this bracket has a chance to be the most competitive. I, I would personally say Class LL right now, just looking at it. But yes, this bracket is uh, is going to be a lot of fun to follow, especially kind of like in Class M, the top half of the bracket, a little heavily weighted with Massick, Waterford, and East Haven yeah. all in there. That'll be uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, I mean Massick, if you recall, defeated East Haven in the championship two years ago. Now East Haven's on their side of the bracket along with Waterford and Matty Burroughs. Really tough draw for Massick. They've got their work cut out for them. Let's just quickly run it down. Massick has a bye into the second round. They will face the winner of Mercy, which has not been a bad team in the SEC this year. And I would not be shocked to see them pull something out here in the second round. We'll see if they can get past Ram, the 17th seed. Moving down a bit to number eight, Weathersfield facing number 25, Foreign. You have number nine, Woodstock, facing number 24, Platt. Those, the winner of those two games will face the winner of the second round game, Massick, Mercy, or Anna Ram. Um, moving down a bit to Waterford's side of things, uh, the, the Lancers have a buy into the second round as the number four seed. They will face the winner of Rockville versus Lyman Hall. East Haven has a buy into the second round. They will face the winner of Killingly and Torrington, the number 21 seed. Moving over to the bottom half of the bracket, there they are, the Cadets, number two, St. Joseph. They get a bye into the second round. They will face the winner of Bristol Eastern and North Haven, which has had an interesting season. You know, obviously they were really strong with Lauren Card a few years ago, but uh, not have they've they've done some things here, North Haven, in the SEC uh, season. So I don't know if they beat St. Joseph, but an interesting matchup if they do get there. And Bristol Eastern is always a great softball power. Uh, 13 and 6. So they, they are the 15th team. That's a really fascinating game. Bristol Eastern versus North Haven. Moving down to number 7, Windsor. And number 26, E.L. Smith will, will face the winner of number 10, Naugatuck. And Waterbury Career Academy, which you know, are all another all-NBL matchup there in the first round. The, the winner of those two games will face the winner of the St. Joseph, Bristol Eastern, and or North Haven game. Moving over to the Berlin side of things. On the bottom half of the bracket, the Redcoats have a bye into the into the second round. You have number 14, Fitch, playing number 19, Sacred Heart Academy uh, at Washington Park on Tuesday. 
that's an interesting game between a you know traditional ECC power, won plenty of state championships, and a Sacred Heart Academy team that's won plenty of state championships, and they've been pretty competitive in the SEC as well. That's another fascinating first round game. Moving down to the other side of it, you have number six Ledger versus number 27 Barlow, and then number 11 Bristol Central facing number 22 Brookfield. Will, how do you see this bracket shaking out? This one's really hard. I'm going to have to go, you know, ultimate winner. I'm going to have to just ride with Masic. It's hard to go against them in any uh, scenario. I love the idea of a potential quarterfinal between Waterford and East Haven. That would be a lot of fun to follow. And uh, I also like Nuggets Tuck Windsor here in the uh, second round. Winner of that would potentially go on to play St. Joe's. And I'd like to see St. Joseph play, you know, a Windsor and Nagatuck type just to see where they truly stack up against a top tier team like that. So, yeah, who do you have in the final? Uh, Massac and. I'm going to have to say Massac and St. Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it would be hard for me to. Uh, to, to see otherwise. Well, I would not be shocked by uh, different teams getting in there. I would not be shocked to see Massa get knocked off uh, somewhere around along the line here. They've been really good. Uh, it could be St. Joe. I, I don't see St. Joseph not advancing to the final out of this region. They've just been so good. Uh, lots of good teams. You know, Berlin should be interesting, but St. Joseph is, is just, you know, and they lost the FSAC. Hell hath no fury like the cadet scorn. But I can see Waterford. I can even see East Haven coming out of here. I, I'm not ready to tell Massick they got to give up their crown yet. But uh, if it's going to happen, I would think Massick might get upset maybe in one of these earlier rounds, maybe the semifinals. Uh, but as you said, they are a good bet to win it all. You know, that would be a classic game, St. Joseph versus Massick. Moving over to Class Double L. Very fascinating. Another very fascinating bracket here. Number one seed is Southington. You have number two, Fairfield Ludlow, which has been coming on the FCAC champs. Number three, Cheshire, the SCC champs. Number four, Enfield. Number five, Hall. They have buys into the second round. Let's take a quick look at the brackets here in the Southington region. You have Southington facing the winner of Poprog and New Milford, an all SWC battle in the 16-17 game. Moving down a bit, Shelton's been an interesting team in the SEC this year. 14 and 4, haven't been, have been pretty good all year. They face an interesting Richfield team, 25th seed in the first round game there. The winner will face the winner of number nine, Glastonbury, versus number 24, Connard, an all CCC battle uh, in the first round. Moving over to the Enfield side of things. The Eagles will face the winner of Stanford versus West Haven, the 13-20 game. Number five, Hall and Sophie Garner McKinnon, the uh, the great pitcher for the Warriors. They get a bye into the second round. They will face the winner of number 12, Fairfield Ward, and number 21, Newington. Should number 21, Newington, get past Ward, it would set up a rematch between Hall and Newington. And the interesting thing about that one is Newington's head coach is Steve Markey and his daughter plays for Hall, Becca Markey. And uh, that matchup actually happened just last week with Becca and Hall winning five to nothing. And after the game, they were already looking at it as potential second round matchup. So that'd be another tough one for the Markey family. Moving to the bottom half of the bracket, the Fairfield Ludlow region. Ludlow has a buy into the second round. They will face the winner of South Windsor, which had a great 
season a few years ago versus Darianne in the first round, the 15-18 game. At the bottom, you have number seven, Staples, facing number 26, Danbury, an all-FCAC championship. The winner of that will face, in the second round, the winner of number 10, Maloney, versus number 23, Sinsbury. Maloney having a great season with Scott Oresco. They've never won a state championship, Maloney, and they play, they play a tough game with number 23, conference rival Simsbury. In that game, the winner will face Staples Danbury. Moving over to the Cheshire region, the Rams get a bye into the uh, second round. They will face the winner of number 14, Trumbull, and number 19, NFA. Trumbull's been another tricky team. They've been there all year. They've been competitive, just haven't been able to get over the hump. Maybe it's their time if they can knock off NFA to maybe get Cheshire in that second round. Who knows? You have number six, Amity, facing number 27, West Hill. Cheshire, I'm sure, thrilled to have number six, Amity, on their side of the bracket. Um, and then the winner of the Amity West Hill game will play number 11, Newtown. Another interesting team just on the cusp. They, they've uh, they've given their name and Massick uh, all kinds of trouble this year. So look out for the look out for the Nighthawks. They're playing number 22, Norwalk. The 20, they're playing number 22, Norwalk. The winner of that will get Amity West, the Amity West Hill winner. Looking at this bracket, well, what do you say? I mean, Southington has been kind of under the radar all year. We haven't really talked about them. Well, I don't know. Where do you see this going? Uh, Southington is really good. They, they haven't lost since almost the beginning of the season. They just keep rattling off wins. Their, uh, their pitcher, Julia Panarella, absolutely lights out. Has been doing great. And that offense is pretty strong, too. But if I was going to have to make a pick for this tournament, I'm going to personally go with Fairfield Ludlow. I think a lot of these teams that aren't in the FCAC are going to be shocked uh, by this offense. I don't think there's an offense even close to it in the rest of the state. Uh, they don't have the easiest lie. They got to beat some good teams to get there, but I, I think they will be in the final, uh, probably against Southington. Look at you picking Fairfield Ludlow to win uh, their first state championship, huh? Yep. I just that I've seen them hit. I've seen them hit against teams twice and. I don't think some of these pitchers are realize what's in store for them. I do think <laughs> it's going to be fun to see Cheshire and Amity uh, again in the quarterfinal. I'm sure both teams were rolling their eyes when this bracket came out. Yeah. They know each other really well in a bunch of one-run games where they've beaten each other. So they're not <laughs> – that's, that's going to be a fun one to follow. That's now fascinating quarterfinal matchup on June 4th, possibly, depending on if the weather cooperates. Quarterfinals. And then Cheshire would probably face, uh, or Amity, or who knows, um, facing uh, Ludlow possibly in that semifinal there. That's a tough draw for Maloney, getting stuck with <laughs> Ludlow in their bracket. They're going to make a run. They're going to have to knock Ludlow off in the quarterfinals. And looking up above there, I mean, listen, uh, Hall and their pitcher, uh, they are they cannot be discounted by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I know it hasn't gone great for them in some of their games, uh, but, uh, you know, she's on the mound. I think anything's possible for the Warriors. Yeah, that's exactly true. And, I mean, they've lost two of their three regular season games to Southington, 4-2, 4-0. I think in the 4-0 game, they made seven errors, and uh, she allowed zero earned runs against Southington. The first one, she allowed one earned run. She can she can beat anybody if uh, the supporting cast is there for her. All right, so that's what we have here. Uh, uh, you, you, you pick Ludlow to win. Who do you, who does who does Ludlow face? Well, I'm I'm putting Ludlow up against Southington, and I'm I'm gonna say that the offense is just too much to handle. All right, so there you go. We'll 
Will Aldham's softball championship picks are in reverse order. Notre Dame Fairfield, Woodland, Massac, and Southern will be your state champions uh, at the end of the year. You heard it here first. Uh, Will, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, we got a lot of work to do, so we're going to cut this short. Not going to get too deep into it. Good luck to all the teams out there, and thanks for joining us on Inside the Circle. We'll, uh, we'll come back at you after the state championships. We'll see you next time. <laughs>